0: Welcome to The Hidden Palace with Skyblaze.
1: Good morning, afternoon, evening or night wherever you are in the world. I'm Skyblaze and this is The Hidden Palace here on Radio Sega. So I'm returning to a topic from a couple of weeks ago uh, about hardware and peripherals. Some are cool. Some are obscure, some are downright bizarre. So, getting right into it, we're starting off in the cool section. Uh, Way back when the Mega Drive, or Genesis, was first released in the US, Sega ran several promotions in the major gaming magazines of the time. One of these was actually pretty awesome. If you sent in a mail-in form to Sega, they would send you a pair of Sega-branded 7 watt amplified speakers that plugged right into the headphone jack on your Mega Drive slash Genesis. Or any other device that contained a headphone jack, like Walkman. The speakers were small. They were about 4 inches tall, judging by the pictures. I've never actually seen some in the flesh, so I couldn't say for sure. Uh, But featured separate volume, bass and treble controls, and ran on four C-type batteries. Now, considering that at the time a lot of TVs were still mono sound only, I know the one I played my games on at the time was, since I'd inherited the old living room TV when my parents upgraded. this was actually really useful. So if anyone listening had, the, had some of these, or still does, I'd really like you would tell me what they were actually like to use. Did they have good quality sound? Were they as cool as they look in the pictures? Do you still use them? Because that would be really awesome. So, uh, I've got a lot to cover in the show today, so I'm going to skip right forward to some of the music. Um, we're going to have a remix of the music from Sonic 2 Mystic Cave Zone by Malkos.
0: music, live shows, and the chance to request your favourites. This is RadioSega.net.
1: And that was Rystar Splashdown, Round 2-1, I think. Yes, Round 2-1. By Tomoko Sasaki. And prior to that it was Sonic the Hedgehog 2 Mystic Cave Remix by Malkos. And as I say, I've got a lot to cover today, so I'm going to keep going. Uh, Some Radio Sega site admin before we continue. Now, today is your last chance to nominate your pick for Sega Song of 2016. Sega and Atlas have released quite a few games this year, so there's plenty of tracks to choose from and some great games. To uh, plenty of great tracks and some great games. So if you want to participate, please go to uh, http radiosega forward of 2016. That's radio.se.ga/forward/song uh, radio of 2016, and fill out the form. Remember that you're voting for songs, not games. We're after individual tracks, not entire OSTs. I wouldn't want your vote to be discounted. On with the show then. I have a question. In the incredibly unlikely event that anyone from Sega year 2000 is listening. Here goes. Why a fishing rod? Of all the peripherals that you could have released for the Dreamcast, a fishing rod? I know yeah, it's designed to work with uh, Sega's fishing series. And um, the fishing rod actually got into a PAL bundle with the console and a copy of Sega's uh, Bass Fishing. Which is really weird, because uh, I've been told that this is only in Australia, but I'm sure I remember seeing it in the UK at some point, so maybe it made it over here. Uh the fishing rod has no false feedback though, so it's pretty hard to judge what effect you're actually having on the virtual fish you're trying to catch without keeping your eyes completely glued to the screen. Uh strangely the official Sega version of the fishing rod seems to be designed for left-handed people. Which I heartily approve of, considering I'm left-handed myself, and we are depressingly under catered for in the uh, in the peripherals market. Uh I'm not even going to start with things like um, making Link right-handed in the uh, the motion games, but that's a rant for another day. Uh unlicensed version of the fishing rod, including the Fission rod, that's F I S I O N rod, came with detachable reels that could be moved to either side, so people of either hand could use it. The rod is compatible with the big sections of Sonic Adventure 1, when you need to suffer through those dreary sections of the game I know some people like them I am not one of them or if you particularly fancy a laugh you can use it to control the character's weapon in soul calibre although not terribly well I'm told it also works decently well with Virtua Tennis if you use it as a tennis racket I've never actually tried this myself but I am told that this is a thing A bit weird. Anyway, uh, because one of the tracks that is uh, part of the eligible games for the Song of 2016 is the Sega 3D Classics 3D collection, I think we'll have some music from Sonic 3D. Uh, I'm gonna play Libro's uh, Blissful Eruption OC remix. Uh, those in the know will know that Libro, Lee Brotherton, uh, also known as Bentley Jones. So, he made it. Well done to him. So this is Libro's Sonic 3D Blissful Eruption. Was the Mark Pistel remix of Lazy Days from the Sonic Adventure Remix album and prior to that it was Libro, aka uh, Lee Brotherton aka Bentley Jones uh, remix uh, Sonic 3D Blissful Eruption. I was uh, just saying on the um, discord chat uh, it's a shame that there was never a fishing rod joke weapon in any of the Soul Calibur games that I'm aware of because that would have been a fantastic nod to the the fact that the fishing rod was compatible with the original Soul Calibur on Dreamcast. Because that would have been hilarious. I think they dropped the ball on that one. I think they missed out on a golden opportunity. Bit of a shame, but never mind. Moving on. One of the rarest devices ever made for the Dreamcast. Uh, for the, sorry, for the Mega Drive slash Genesis. Got Dreamcast on the brain now. Uh, is the Outback Joey Heartbeat Personal Trainer. Now, this very unusual item was released in 1993 and only works properly with one game. The one that actually came with it, the aforementioned Outback Joey. Although other games were planned to be compatible, including a version of PGA Golf, PA Hockey, and even Earthworm Gym. Basically, the device is a standard Mega Drive 1 in a different box that would play most standard Mega Drive games, but it came equipped with a sensor that plugged into the Controller 1 port uh, that you could attach to yourself as you did your workout on standard gym equipment such as an exercise bike or a treadmill. Based upon your heart rate, the character of Outback Joey would move across the screen, slowing down if your heart rate began to drop. The device had it's own memory, which allowed you to map your progress and could even separately track different people who were using the device. Sort of like a really early version of things like the Wii Fit. It's estimated that less than a thousand of these things were ever made. And it's estimated to be worth somewhere in the region of $500. $500? So, if you ever see one of these covered in dust at a car boot sale or in your attic or something, worth picking up and seeing what you can get for it. Uh, because this is a very obscure piece of tech, I had such a difficulty finding uh, finding some music that would go with it. So I've kind of cheated a little bit. Uh, so the first track that I'm going to play for this section is Exercise Mode. From Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Did you see what I did there? I'll see you after the break.
2: Enter Rodeo SEGA 10 years, the SEGA is.
1: And that was Earthworm Jim 2, Wormophobic Disorder by Protricity. I think that's how you pronounce it. God damn it, people! Please use, use have usernames that I can pronounce. <sighs> I'm only kidding. Uh, I told you I had to cheat with the last one. It was developing. Said it was de- being developed for Earthworm Jim. Anyway, does anyone else remember the PlayStation Eye toy? Now I never actually owned one, but back when I was still a student, one of my housemates did, and I used to play Sega Superstars on it, and actually really enjoyed it. Uh, particularly the section that had Sonic in that kind of tube-like special stages bits, and you had to draw, you had to steer him using it waving you by waving your hands. Why am I talking about this? Well, turns out that the Dreamcast actually got there first, as it did with many things. Though what was called the Dreamcast Eye was actually designed to be a lot more like a PC webcam than as a game playing device, which is fortunate since no games were actually developed to support it. I think that's almost a bit of a shame. Instead, what it was designed to do was enable things like video conferencing, adding pictures to the device from your, uh, to your emails, so selfies basically. And it also came with a lightweight photo program that was actually that actually licensed elements from Adobe Photoshop of all things. Uh, the Dreamcast eye also came with a headset variant of the Dreamcast microphone, which I've mentioned before in a previous episode, when I was talking about Seaman, that weird uncanny valley ish thing. Uh, Mr. Wonderman's saying that the Sega Superstars tube like special stages are from Sonic Heroes. Okay. Fair enough. I, I never got that far in Sonic Heroes because it annoyed me. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry for those that lies on the heroes, but uh, yeah. Oh dear. Uh, Rexy's just saying about plasticity uh, and uh, wow. Okay. Uh, Rexy's also saying about using a camera on Seaman and letting it see your face. Yeah, I don't want to start entertaining that concept. In fact, let's play some music instead before I have to go and bleach my brain again. That seems to happen with disturbing regularity now that I'm doing this show. Uh, I asked the chat earlier um, because obviously this didn't have any games for it, so I asked uh, asked the chat What Dreamcast music would you like to hear? And I had a couple of answers. I had some music from Choo Choo Rocket from requested by Mr. Jamie Wonderman and some music from Rez from Green Viper 8. So here are those two for your in- listening pleasure, and I will see you after the break.
0: Sega playing the best Sega music, twenty four seven.
3: Thum thum the mind th 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 mind
1: Radio Sega edit of Area 5 from Res. and um, before that it was the Choo Choo Rocket single player theme uh, Mr Jeremy Wonderman actually wanted the title credits music but I've only got a very short version of that for some reason because I think my radio software has picked up the wrong version from my files I'll have to fix that after the show I will fix it I promise so back to my topic the Aura Interactor it's a bit of a strange name, but it was console peripheral for I think mostly for the Mega Drive, um, somewhat resembling a flak jacket, a plastic flak jacket, if you can picture that, and the and you wore it uh, in order to feel the game that you were playing by use of force feedback. Okay, haptic, haptic feedback. The Aura Interactor would use certain sound cues from the game that was playing to turn actions in the game, such as punches or kicks, into vibrations that the user could feel. Which is an interesting concept. Uh, it was specifically designed mostly for fighting games, I think. Um, now, Despite the slightly odd concept, the Aura actually did pretty well. It sold over 400,000 units and was winning awards for its innovation and in design. Magazines such as Electronic Gaming Monthly, which was a big deal at the time, said that at a hundred dollars, it was actually really good value for money. Fair enough. Uh, I think uh, Mr. Jamie Wonderman saying it did work for other consoles um, was it, how was it to use? Was it good? Because I've never used one of these, so I'd be pretty interested to find out what it was like to actually use. Uh, well, I wait for that for that feedback to come back. because obviously, there's a delay. Uh, we'll talk about another weird Dreamcast peripheral. The Dreamcast Maracas controller. Uh, the controller was obviously designed for the game Samo Amiga. Amigo. It was only ever released in fairly limited quali- uh, quantities since Sega wasn't sure what kind of reception the game would have. And it had previously been burned uh, making too many uh, add-ons for things like the Mega Drive and um, Saturn. That never got bought, So they were quite worried about that. But turns out that the reception was pretty positive across the board. There are even several accounts of the European releases selling out pretty much instantly. Uh, as a result, the Maracas controller is actually one of the most highly sought after Dreamcast collectibles, with prices that just seem to keep going up and up. In the UK, where I am, the eBay price seems to be currently somewhere between 152 and 200 pounds, which is insane for a pair of plastic maracas and a base unit. Each to their own, I suppose. Uh, interestingly, there was a Japan-only spiritual sequel to Somebody Amigo called Shakato Tambourine, which, as you would guess, used a tambourine controller. Uh, but sadly, it never got a Dreamcast release and only a limited PlayStation One release that's disappointing but maybe it was due to the Dreamcast dying at that point I don't know but it's still a shame um, so if you do have, happen to have a set of the Dreamcast Maracas they're probably worth quite a bit well done you uh, I I saying that he has seen cheaper a while back it depends on the condition the, the really mint ones still in the box go for about 150 to 200 I should have been clearer about that Uh, You can get them for cheaper unboxed, um, but they may not be in as good condition. You have to be careful about these things. Right, so for those two uh, things, considering that the Aura Interactor was primarily designed to work with fighting games, uh, let's have some music from the um, Mega Drive version of Virtual Fighter 2. So let's have uh, Ride the Tiger Akira Stage.
0: Sega.
3: Yo bailaré, gritamos de mambo, mambo de verano Me gusta el verano, pero yo tengo que trabajar Oye, me porque no? porque no puedo? estar así, es la locura, quiero ir a la playa pronto Pa' es el sol que me quema Mambo, mambo de verano, bailare contigo e toda la noche bailaré, ritamo mode mambo, mambo de verano, me gusta il verano, però yo tengo che trabata. Rita mode mambo che è quesa grosso, mode mambo, bambo de mi corazón.
1: We are back, and that was uh, Samba... Oh, bring up the right screen. That was Mambo de Verano from Somebody Amigo, and prior to that, it was Virtual Fighter 2 on the Mega Drive, Ride the Tiger Akira stage. Uh, yeah, some people were talking about the music from Somebody Amigo. I discovered when I, somebody requested it at one of my gigs once. It's damn near impossible to mix it into anything else. I had such a nightmare trying to make it mix smoothly and it just wouldn't. Right, moving on. Why do I end up talking about 3D so much on this show? It's like the 3D of virtual things. Bah. So another very early stab at the 3D technology thing was on the master system of all things. A pair of 3D glasses, known mostly as the Sega 3D glasses, but also known as the Sega Scope 3D, or the Oculus 3D in Brazil. Oculus 3D? Re- really? That sounds awfully familiar and prescient. Never mind. Of course it's just mostly the Spanish word, the Spanish slash Portuguese word for glasses, isn't it? Eh, hey, never mind. Mine. Uh, Well, the way the specs worked is that they used shutters to rapidly close the left and right lens uh, to create a pseudo-3D effect which created the obvious disadvantage of flicker that was caused by the visible dip in frame rate because half the time your eye would be covered. Uh, It also tended not to work properly on non-CRT televisions such as rear-projection TVs. Although, if you have a rear projection TV, then God help you, because I had one for many, many years. And anything that requires precision, or even worse, anything that requires uh, anything like a rhythm game oh my God. That's a rant for another day, isn't it? Never mind. Uh, The Gloss has only worked with the original uh, Master System 1 since it hooked into the card port that was removed from later versions of the console. Which is a bit unfortunate, since as far as I remember, and I'm digging back in the depths of my memory here, the Master System 2 was the more common version in the UK. Now the glasses did sell in the UK though, for £40. Now personally I think I'd rather just buy another game with that £40, but each to their own. Now there were, speaking of 3D, there were lots of 3D games on the Saturn. It's not surprising, though, because this was the dawn of the 3D era, and for the console containing one of the earliest 3D accelerator cards. So then, why wasn't the Saturn 3D control pan bundled with the console? Don't get me wrong, the standard Saturn controller is fine for what it is and it works perfectly well, but it does lack a lot of precision, particularly if you're working in a 3D environment. So, we got the 3D control pad, also known as the Sega Multi-Controller in Japan, and the Joystick 3D in Brazil. Hi Brazil! You wonderful alternate universe, you. Uh, The pad came with most versions of Nights Into Dreams, and generally got a pretty positive reception from most people that used it. Although some gamers found it a little bit large and unwieldy, particularly for those with very small hands. Like me. Now, partially due to the fairly swift demise of the Saturn, the 3D controller wasn't hugely common. But it is still reasonably easy to get hold of. And of course, its design heavily influenced the design of the Dreamcast controller. Right, I am rapidly running out of time for today's episode. uh, But I do want to play another couple of tracks before we end the show today. Um, I want to play uh, a track from Space Harrier which is one of the games that the uh, 3D Glasses were compatible with on the Master System So I want to play a, uh, the BIT Live Arcade uh, remix by Slow Poison of, space, of the Space Harrier theme And I would also like to... Because PT Kickass requested it, I would like to play Let's Go Away from Daytona USA on the SAM So thank you to everybody who's been listening uh, it's been a, uh, it's uh, it's been great to to, to chat to, to people on the Discord chat. Uh, yeah, Twenties uh, just posted a picture of the three D glasses on the chat, and they do look really cool. They they look incredibly eighties, but quite cool. Uh, but I have to finish the show at some point. So, uh, let's finish for today, and I will be back next week, hopefully. Uh, thanks to everybody on the chat, thanks to people on Twitter. Uh, this is Space Harrier, followed by Daytona Let's Go Away. And I will see you all next week. Thank you for listening. I've been Skyblaze, this has been The Hidden Palace here on Radio Sega. Goodnight.
0: Welcome to the panel. Shows and the chance to request your favorites. This is RadioSega.net. Get ready.